0: Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I hope you're all doing well. It is currently 10 pm on Friday. I don't know why the fuck I waited till this time to sit down and talk to you guys. But here we are. I've been running around the house like I had this chicken all day. I'm basically so I only got back from London yesterday, on Thursday, and yesterday was my birthday actually, so what did I do yesterday oh I was in the hairdressers literally the whole day so yeah I didn't really and then I came home and went out for dinner straight away pretty much I had like half an hour to get ready we went out for dinner went out for drinks came home went to bed uh so this was my first day being able to do stuff since I got home and I had so much stuff to unpack like I had the three suitcases I sent home plus other things that I shipped home just like via the post office I had my suitcase that I had with me in London. I've just been doing a lot of unpacking, a lot of clearing out as well, because, you know, I opened my wardrobe, looked in it for two seconds, and was like, uh, this is a full wardrobe. I don't have any space for, like, a handful of clothes to go into, let alone three suitcases. Actually, more than that, like, four suitcases worth of clothes to go in here. First row problems. I know. <laughs> no, do you know what it is, though? I'm such a... Not a hoarder with clothes, I wouldn't say I'm a hoarder. Yeah, maybe I'm a hoarder, actually. <laughs> yeah, not that I think about it. <laughs> I think I'm a bit of a hoarder. I am quite sentimental with my clothes, so there might be some things I haven't worn in literally about five years, but I'm like really sentimental with them where I really I don't know, I'm I really associate it with a time that I wore it, like a birthday or I'm like, what if this occasion comes up that would be absolutely perfect for, even though, you know, it's been six years now and that still hasn't happened? I don't know. I'm really bad when it comes to clearing out. I was quite good today. I had to be good because I have no other option. Like, I have to get rid of stuff. But yeah, I'm going to have to do another one, to be honest, because even after the clear out, I'm still, I still don't really have space. I actually only ended up getting one suitcase unpacked. Sorry, I need to shut the fuck up. This is so boring. Like, you don't want to hear me talking about unpacking. Anyway, little life update. What have I been up to since I finished Unique? you know what? It was the most freeing feeling in the world once I got moved out of that flat and I wasn't, like, stressed about packing. Here I go on again talking about packing. I'm sorry, I'm done with it after this. (laughs) Once I got that sorted and out of my hands and, like, got on the train to London, I have never felt better. I've literally never felt more free in my life. Like, it was just this huge weight lifted off my sh- shoulders. And I just felt like, not like the world is my oyster, because not in that kind of way where I'm like, oh my god, I can do anything. It was more just that I'm okay, I can relax now. Like, I c- I don't know. I think I've low-key been on overdrive for a long time, just trying to balance everything. And now I'm like, oh my god, breathe. It's time to take a step back and just breathe <laughs> i had a really fun last night out in leeds to the point that i was like this is kind of annoying that this has been this fun because i you now hate myself for not going out the whole time i was here <laughs> well, not the whole time but you know i really did not like go out out in leeds much on my final year for a number of reasons like i wasn't actually there that much to be going out and then it, when i was there it was kind of like I didn't want to be hungover and, you know, I have work to do and stuff. So, but yeah, it was kind of bittersweet because I was like, oh, this is such a fun night. But like, also, why have I not made the most of this and I was here? But I wouldn't also have it any other way because, you know, I, I got there. I did it. And maybe I wouldn't have been able to do it if I drank too much. But yeah, we just went out for dinner. We went to this karaoke bar, which was fun. Not like your kind of regular karaoke bar where you're getting up in front of everyone. It was like a karaoke bar where you book a room so you've your own little private like booth slash room and you just do karaoke till your heart's content. Well, not really till your heart's content Actually, you only book it for in our slots. Uh, it was funny. It sounds weird because you think that sounds like a weird dynamic, like just getting up in front of my like six friends or whatever. And you. we also weren't that drunk. And in my head to do karaoke, you need to be really drunk. We weren't that drunk, but do you know what? Once the ice is broken and like the first person did it, You just got into it and it was so fun. Then we went out to a place called Belgrave and the DJ, it was really weird, the DJ kept changing genres of music, but when we first arrived, the genres were 10 out of 10, like Me to A T, he was playing all the absolute bangers, Beyonce, Rihanna, yeah, I'm trying to think of good examples, but I can't really think. But just like, you know, those old school R&B bangers, but he was like mixing them and I was having the time of my life. I don't think I've ever danced that much since. No, I don't know since when. Sorry, I don't have a a time frame for that. But I cannot remember the last time I've danced that much. Like, I had to be dragged off the dance floor. I didn't even get a drink the whole time I was there. Like, I got one when I first went there. I didn't get one at all the rest of the night because I "I don't really want to leave the dance floor to go to the bar. And I also don't need any more alcohol to, like, make me more drunk or anything because I'm just, like, having the time of my life here. I'm not one of those people that needs to be drunk to dance. As long as the music is good. If the music's shit, sometimes you need a bit of Dutch courage. If the music is on point, I could be stone cold sober and I'll be on that dance floor for five hours. My mistake that night was not having... Right, so basically my train the next day was at like half ten. But obviously, you know, your train's at half ten. You want to be there for at the train station for like in and around ten o'clock. Which means leaving at half nine, which means... If you're getting up and moving out and have to clean your bathroom, that means getting up pretty early. So I kind of forgot that, that I had to get, well, I knew it, I knew in the back of my head I had to get up kind of early, but I hadn't really worked out the exact time I needed to get up. Like, you know, you mentally should actually count back like how much time you need to give for certain things and then you have a set time you need to get up at and then from that you can work out then what time you need to be in bed at to get like, say, eight hours sleep. My mistake was not working that out before I left the house and started drinking, which left too much leeway for me to be like, oh, I'll stay for another bit, oh, I'll stay for another bit more, and yeah, I didn't end up, we we actually go back at half one, which is fine, I was like, right guys, I need to go home here, you can stay out, but they ended up coming back with me, but it was after that then we just ended up staying up, chatting shit in the flat, so I didn't actually go to sleep until three o'clock and then was up at like eight. Because I needed to do, well, I'd already done my like end of lease clean in my room, but obviously I needed to have a shower and stuff in the morning. So I left my bathroom till then. And um, so I had to do all that, like hungover. I actually wasn't too hungover, to be fair. I didn't drink that much. But yeah, that was a frantic morning trying to move out, like semi hungover, scrambling to get everything together before the Uber came. Got to London, gorgeous, gorgeous weather. However, I am not very good when I haven't slept properly and I couldn't sleep on the train. So I had to edit last week's podcast. So I was already, you know, when you start a night already quite tired and you need like a boost, right? (laughs) You know where I'm going with this. So we, basically my sister was taking me out for my birthday because she's not able to come home for, like, my party that I'm having this weekend. So instead, she was like, when you come to London, I'll bring you out. Like, we'll go to this nice vegan restaurant, go out for drinks after, bring one of your friends. And so that's what we did. We went out to this lovely small plates Japanese restaurant in East. And you know, when you just, you're eating, you're slowly drinking and you hit a bit of a wall and you're like, ladies, we need to pick up the pace here. You know, we need to get some shots in. We need to change the vibes. Like we need to move from this restaurant to some, a bar that's going to be a bit more, it's going to give us a bit of energy, a bit of life because we're being sucked into this basically. So that's what we did. This bar we went to, I'm not joking you. The shots were the size of like, triples or quadruples I don't know why they were so large it was so unnecessary and I was really scared to look at the bill because obviously London presses big shots I was like I literally know I'm paying like 20 pound for one of these but it has to be done sometimes so I end up getting really overexcited from these shots and a bit carried away got literally paralytic and I think you know what that's the first sorry, not the first time. It's obviously not the first time I've been like, I think that's the first time in a long time I've been that drunk because I think for the last... Right. I, you, basically, I think I've kind of... like I've been really open about it and I've talked to you guys about my relationship with alcohol and how much I hated it, let's say, more than six months ago. I don't know. It was before Christmas. I kind of talked about that, wasn't it? And... I have then consciously been like very good when it comes to, I don't know, I just haven't really been getting drunk, drunk, and I haven't been drinking that often as well. Like, I drank a lot over Christmas, but then I did like dry January, dry February, only drank like a handful of times between March and April, and I think that was March, April, May, sorry, and I think that was just because of uni and stuff. So, this was the first time I like didn't have any of that on my mind. I didn't have the thought of, Oh, I have to wake up tomorrow and do work. I didn't have the thought of I don't want to be hungover because I've got this and that to do. I, As I said at the start of the podcast, I was like, I felt so free. So I think I felt so free to get so drunk. <laughs> but yeah, I got cut off from being served and everything. I was sick. I couldn't get into where I was staying. I, I was a fucking mess, basically. And you know what? I'm low-key quite glad it happened last Saturday because... No, it's not going to happen this Saturday. I'm not going to make a dick out of myself in front of 18 people as opposed to like that, which was literally just like my sister and my friend and telling shit to randomers. But I mean, they're not going to remember me, are they? It always, always happens on your own birthday, doesn't it? Like the amount of times I've had or like praise or something for my birthday and like I'm the one that has to get taken home at 10am, or sorry, at 10am, at 10pm early because they were too drunk to get in the club. Like, I just, it always happens to me on my birthday. I think you get overexcited and yeah. But I'm glad it happened. As I said, now I'll be more careful. Will I even? Probably not. Who knows? Who cares? I think I'm back in my drinking era now. I think it'll last for summer. I'm back in my having fun and drinking era. Not, we're not, Manifesting the feral era again, though. I can't be dealing with the chaoticness of that, but I am enjoying having a drink again. I think I'll get bored of it after summer. I want to do Sober October this year, I think. Where was I? Oh, so the rest of my. Honestly, I spent Sunday being a complete corpse. I think I moved from the bed to the sofa, and that was about it. That was the height of my day's activities. Ordered food actually managed to make myself some pasta pasta yeah that was my day on sunday and then monday and Tuesday i actually kept it pretty chill in london i didn't really get up to too much and wednesday i went to the podcast show which is actually why i was going to london um it was almost like a big when i say convention i feel like it sounds weird I feel like you think of a convention as being i don't really know i guess it was a convention It was like a industry event where Everyone from like podcast producers to podcast creators to management to broadcasting agencies to uh, people that sell like mics and different brands that have like studios. I don't know it was literally just kind of like anyone within that industry there with stands and different talks going on in the different stages and things. So that was really cool to go to. I do have the battery life of a fucking goldfish though like Uh, I was there from one to five and at the end of it, I was like, I cannot talk to one single other person. Those things are so draining, but it was really cool. And I actually got to see, who did I get to see? Two of my favourite podcasters ever, Coco Sorrell and Candice Braithwaite. They have the podcast Closet Confessions. They're just incredible and I loved seeing that. They had did like a little interview, kind of just talking about, because basically their podcast has only been out for like nine months and it's really blown up in the time that it's been out Um, and I think it was quite unexpected for both of them but they just have created like such a nice safe space they're fucking hilarious like they're entertaining yeah they're just amazing I love them and when I was watching them being interviewed I was front row watching them and I was near in tears like as in like crying happy tears because they're just you know when you just see other women thriving and you're just like so happy for them I just had a bit of a moment I was like wow I'm so proud of them even though I don't know them (laughs) Yeah, that was my time in London. It was fun. Came home the next day, as I said, on my birthday. Already told you what I did yesterday. But I'm really looking this birthday, sorry. I know you're probably sick of hearing about it. You'll hear about it next week as well, because I'll have stuff to tell you probably from tomorrow night that's going to happen, Saturday night. But yeah, tomorrow, basically, I am just having a lot of friends around for drinks at the house first. We're going out for dinner, and then we're going out after that. I don't really know where we're going out. I feel like... I don't know where... Sorry... Not that I don't know where it's good in Belfast. I know plenty of places that are good in Belfast. I don't know where it's good that'll fit the vibe. Like where it's good for a birthday, where it's good for where you're dre- when you're dressed up. I don't know because I never really go out in Belfast dressed up. I'm usually just like going to the pub and going to bars and stuff. I don't, yeah. where is good for a big group of people that are all dressed up. I don't know. It's up for debate. I'll let other people decide. I'm sure it'll be fun though. I'm going to try and convince my parents to come out with us as in like come out I oh, I don't know if they'll be easy or hard to persuade last night when we were having a drink I was like to my dad I was like you'll come out with us after right and he was like yeah but I don't know if he was just saying that because he was drunk but then surely tomorrow if he's drunk he'll he'd be up for it I don't know I really want to persuade them because I've never actually like obviously I go out with my parents all the time and like out for dinner and out for drinks and like I've been to heaps of bars with them but I would love to bring them like out out do you know what I mean <laughs> I've never seen that before Okay, my recommendation for this week, I was actually thinking, I don't know if I've said this before, I try and keep a list of everything that I've said as my recommendations of the week before. I don't have this on it, but I'm convinced I have said it before, so I apologise if I have, but I just ate it for dinner a few hours ago and it is the this sausages, you know the ones, you know that brand and everything is like, this isn't pork sausages or this isn't chicken nuggets or whatever. Yeah, it's a fully vegan like vegan meat brand essentially and their sausages are just out of this world they're so good they're so realistic it's almost a bit scary anyone I've spoken to that's a meat eater that has tried them is like yeah to be fair they're actually really good I will back you on that so if you haven't tried them you need to give them a go especially now that we're into barbecue season and I couldn't be happier about it I am obsessed with barbecue season. There's nothing better than just like a plate full of barbecued veg, vegan burgers, sausages, nice like salads. It's just the most elite type of food. And you know what? I'm very aware that not everyone barbecues in the same way that I do or that my family does. I always get a lot of replies to my stories when I put up pictures of like my barbecue dinner and people are like, how how do you do this (laughs) how are you getting all these like vegan barbecue ideas and I'm not gonna lie we've always just kind of done that like even when I did eat meat and when I was a kid yeah I'd be eating like the meat sausages and the meat burgers instead of the vegan ones but we still have always done like a lot of barbecued veg and like lots and lots of salads in the middle and kind of like picky bits and like couscous it's just such a good way to eat I am definitely gonna start doing more like barbecue recipe videos over summer so keep an eye out for that my mom actually did this unreal aubergine on the barbecue today and it was done with like a miso and maple and turmeric glaze I think it was so good I was very impressed I had no input in tonight's dinner as well she did everything Oh my God, that reminds me. Tomorrow, I'm supposed to be. Well, I say I'm. Me and my mum have said, so basically, normally for everyone's birthdays, we get cakes from this person we know. She kind of does it as like a side hustle and she's just amazing. Like anything you want on a cake, she can do it. But she has recently got a new job and has decided like she doesn't have the time to be doing this side hustle anymore. So she stopped doing it. And I didn't realize she'd stopped doing it until I was speaking to my mum on the phone and I was like, oh, what about Kate from so and so and she was like oh she's not doing them anymore and I was like fuck it's two last minutes to go anywhere else like we're probably just gonna either have to make one or just like buy one in Tesco's but I'm not a huge fan sorry this isn't me being like snobby about cakes I've actually never even when I was a kid I never liked store-bought cakes I don't know what it is I just find them really dry and really like I've always avoided them. Like I've all like at birthday parties and stuff. I would never have had the cake, or even like family dinners when it's like my cousins or something. If they bring like a Tesco's cake, it sounds so snobby, but everyone else's eating it, and I wouldn't. But it's not even like a thing that I turn my nose up. at, like store bought cakes, I actually just genuinely don't like them. So I don't want to buy one from the shop. So I was like, right, we're gonna have to make one here. But my baking abilities are—they're pretty bleak. They're kind of diabolical. I'm not gonna lie. I've never been a good baker. I don't like baking. I don't like how reactive it is to you like doing one tiny thing wrong or not getting your measurements exactly right. Like it just really infuriates me. I like being able to like taste as you cook and like add things to it depending on what your taste buds are like. And I'm just, I'm a cooker. I'm not a baker and I never will be. But yeah, me and mum are apparently attempting to bake a cake for tomorrow. I don't even think we have cake tins. Might have to go out and get that. And you know what? I think it's going to be one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, we'll do it. But I'm just going to be like, you know what? You you crack on there. You do that (laughs) because I think any of my input is either going to get me angry or going to result in a shit cake. Also, who makes their own birthday cake? That's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah, that's my excuse. I'll be on cocktail duty. I'll make the cocktail jugs. I think I'm much more suited to that. Trained barmaid and all that. I'm actually also doing my book club tomorrow, the little cold water swim on the beach in our book club, cutest thing ever, I'm really psyched, this is only our second meet up and I've been really shit this week with the book, or sorry, this month with the book, like reading really took a backseat there with all my uni deadlines, I was like, I'm gonna spend a whole day in London in the park just getting through it in literally one day and I didn't even do that, I don't know why. I honestly, I, I couldn't even tell you what I did in Monday and Tuesday, I can't remember. But yeah, I'm only 25% of the way through and it's in the morning. I'm not gonna have any more of it read, to be honest, because I need to get an early night if I wanna get up early to go and meet them in the first place. So yeah, that's really shit of me, isn't it? Hosting my own book club and I haven't read the book. Wait, this reminds me, I haven't picked the book for next month. What have I been doing? Anyway, I'm very excited to be in the sea again. It's so weird how much you take for granted being by the sea when you've always lived near the sea like I never went into the sea when I was younger I never went to the beach the only time we went to the beach was like when we were like 14 and wanted to go drink somewhere everyone would like gather around Helens Bay but yeah I don't know it wasn't ever really a thing that we did in our family and then when you go away for example when I was in Leeds and all of a sudden you don't have really access to the sea, like the closest place you'd maybe have to get a two-hour train to, it makes you realise how much you should value and make use of being by the sea. My words for this week, it's not really a quote, right? I'm just thinking, it's kind of in line with today's podcast topic. A few weeks ago I put up on my story, after me telling a man to go to therapy, I thought, you know what, I feel like other people should do this too. And I put up a story on my, I put up a story on my story, funnily enough. And (laughs) I said, today is tell a man to go to therapy day. Like this story once you have completed the task. And my words of this week is just to tell a man to go to therapy for anyone that missed out on that, because I feel like it's quite essential. I feel like us women are out here putting the work Growing, learning, developing emotionally, you know, reading, bettering ourselves, going to therapy, and then what are men doing? Sweet fuck all, that's what. So you should go tell every man in your life to go to therapy. Case closed. Oh my god, actually, on the same topic. Uh, I don't know if this is funny or really bad, but (laughs) a man basically asked me, do I consciously disrespect men because i hate them like because i hate men as a whole do i consciously disrespect individual men in my life (laughs) or is it subconscious and i was like um i'm actually not sure do you really think i disrespect them and they were like yeah i was like oh okay maybe i need to take some time to self-reflect anyway that brings us on to this week's podcast topic which is about internalised misogyny which is probably why I hate men actually I hate men for a lot of reasons sorry let's just correct that before I go on because just in case there's any males listening to this podcast because I know there actually are some males that do listen to this podcast so I'll just I don't hate I, how do I go about saying this I was about to say I don't hate all men but I, can, I lowkey can do I don't hate every single man and everything that they do But I do hate them as a whole, I think. I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm just digging myself a hole here. I don't really know what to say. (laughs) Sometimes I think I don't hate men. And you meet people that make you think you don't hate men. But then a lot of the time they turn around and do something that makes you think, "Yep, see, they're all the same. And then it makes you remember why why you actually do hate all men. So maybe i actually do hit on <laughs> that's the moral of that story anyway today i'm going to be talking about different ways in which internalized misogyny presents itself and often ways we don't like Often these things we don't think of as being misogynistic, but when you actually deep it, it's coming from a place of misogyny. You'll understand more when I get into the different things. For anyone that wants a quick little lesson on what misogyny is, I'll give you a quick dictionary definition of it. Misogyny is hatred or prejudice against women, typically exhibited by men. It is generally accepted that misogyny is a consequence of the patriarchy, a male-dominated society, and the term may be applied to certain individuals as well as larger systems, societies, or cultures. So obviously because we live in a patriarchy dominated by males, you know, meal is basically the preference, the, the default, shall we say. Like we see it being the default constantly when it comes to research and medicine and essentially everything in life. It's a meal is the predominant default sex, shall we say. And as a result of that, it means that a lot of misogyny is built into everything that we do without us even realising it a lot of the time. Not only to in our own brains, but also just like in the way we operate as a society and kind of like structural misogyny. Yeah, it's like a much bigger, deeper issue than just like some blokes from the pub being misogynist, you know what I mean? It's not, just in the same way that racism is a much bigger issue than just, like, a few people in a particular part of America that are really openly racist. Like, it's a much bigger thing than that. It's a lot more deep-rooted than that. In in that same way, like, misogyny is a lot more deep-rooted in ways that we don't really think about and are a lot more covert. So I've been making a little list of things I think are... Coming from a place of internalised misogyny and I'm going to read them out and I'm going to rant about it. (laughs) This is a misandrist podcast. Misandrist, by the way, is the opposite of, well, misandry is this, is that how you say it? Misandry? Wait, I'm going to look it up and click the thing for it to speak to me. Sandry. Misandry, yeah. Sandry. Why is he not pronouncing the M? Misandry is the opposite of misogyny. And so, no, I actually only discovered this word not that long ago, maybe like a year ago. And ever since then, I now self-identify as a misandrist and I'm proud. <laughs> but it doesn't have the same weight to it as misogynist. So no one can come for me on that because you know what? There's no power, like there's no structural power behind being a so i'm sorry but you can't even get pissed off by it it's not like a man coming on here and openly saying they're a misogynist it's different <laughs> i don't know why well i kind of just explained why but yeah i'm telling you it's different okay number one he- people hating men and specifically hating female pop artists oh by the way just before we start well we've already started misogyny is actually internalized not only in men but also in us women as well like we have a lot of internalized misogyny built into us that make us like view other women in certain ways and uh, make us like pit women against each other all these different things but basically yeah it's you can still we all like you can't sit there as a woman and not say that you don't have like internalized misogyny built into you because we all do unfortunately because we do all live in a patriarchy. But yeah, I'll discuss some of those ones as well that are more built into women, I think, if I've, got, if I've got examples of them. I can't remember if I included them in my list. Anyway, number one was hating female pop stars. Taylor Swift is a great example of this. Now, I know Taylor Swift has had her controversy in the past, but let's just ignore that and let's just think about, controversy aside, how many men hate her for absolutely no reason. Like if you ask these men why they dislike her, they won't be able to tell you why. And look, you know what? I don't think you need to be able to give everyone a reason all the time of why you don't necessarily like someone. But I think when this many men don't like all of these massive female pop stars, it begs the question why? Like why is Jay cole's sick because he's made it big time but taylor swift is a loser do you know what I mean? where is that idea coming from do you just not like successful female artists or do you have something against the fact that like so many women are obsessed with her what is it i don't know i can't answer that but i know it's like what you don't get that way about big male artists do you know what i mean And leading on from that one, actually, males hating female comics. This is such a popular one. And it really stems from the whole men thinking women shouldn't be funny and like that they can't find them funny. And I always ask men that say this, when have you even ever tried to listen to a female comic? Maybe once. Maybe one time you watched a Amy Schumer sketch or not sketch, probably stand up on youtube and you didn't you decided you didn't like it you decided she talked too much about sex or you decided she talked too much about her vagina or whatever the fuck it was that you decided you didn't think was funny and now you think all female comics are like that you think all female comics aren't funny and all female comics only talk about sex imagine i based my opinion of all male comics based on one five minute video i saw of one comedian that I didn't necessarily think was that funny. Like, at the end of the day, everyone finds different people funny. Everyone has a different sense of humour. There are a lot of comics I don't find funny. It takes a lot to make me laugh, but when I find the ones that I like, they will make me laugh for, like, two hours straight. So what's to say they just haven't found female comics that make them laugh? They just haven't tried. They don't care to try because they've got this idea in their head now that women aren't funny and female comics aren't funny and all they talk about is men and sex. Which isn't even true. Yeah, some of them do. And some of them are fucking hilarious when they're talking about those things. And some of them, yeah, maybe aren't so funny. Well, I'm sure some people do find them funny, especially if they're making a career out of this stuff. But uh, yeah, this is 100% stemming from a place of misogyny. Okay, this next one is one I feel quite deeply about. And I'm not sure why I feel so deeply about it, because I don't work in an office and it's office related. But for some reason, this one really irks me. And it is... What is acceptable or what's deemed acceptable for people to wear in offices? So with the whole thing with COVID and the new hybrid working thing, and I feel like most offices have gone a lot more casual. You know, it's kind of smart casual noise, the the going thing, unless you're like a finance bro. But the standard of what... So men can literally rock up smart casual in as long as it's not a t-shirt. In anything, you know, as long as the trainers aren't like scruffy and white and it's not like a t-shirt or a hoodie, pretty much anything else you can get away with. And to be fair, women, with women clothes wise, I guess it's fairly similar. Like, kind of get away with everything as long as like your shoes aren't scruffy and you're not literally just like wearing a hoodie. As long as there's an element of like smartness in it, you'll get away with it. However, the difference is when you allow for smart casual in the workplace and you let women dress down, they almost have to have, to be seen as professional, they have to have this element of classiness or this element of like cleanliness, like slicked back, clean girl, uh, classy, dressy vibe, even though they're still smart casual. Lots of you are probably listening to this thinking, girl, you've gone insane. You're thinking about this way too much. (laughs) But hear me out, okay? Say I rock up to the office. I'm wearing a smart pair of trainers or maybe a pair of loafers, chunky loafers, a pair of trousers and a jumper, okay? But I have curly hair. Often I wake up and it's very frizzy. On this day, it's been... A few days since I've washed it, I've decided I'm going to chuck it up in a bun. I'm not going to put on makeup and I'm not putting on jewellery. Straight away, I look to everyone else like I'm being scruffy and like I'm not dressed up enough. But do you know why that is? Because I'm not wearing makeup. Do boys have to wear makeup? No. I'm not saying everyone has to wear, girls have to wear makeup all the time because I'm sure a lot of you listening to this don't wear makeup to work and like I don't always wear makeup to my jobs as well. But there's other elements to this, so I'll carry on. The hair situation, the hair being, like, just because I have curly hair, it being a bit frizzy. And this is, like, heightened again if you've got afro hair. And then there's the whole, you know, well, if you're going to dress on, then you need to accessorise, make it look classy and, like, have gold hoops and a nice bag and all this. And it's like, can we just relax for a second? <laughs> like, who gives a flying fuck if someone has slightly frizzy hair and doesn't wear gold hoops with their bloys like does that really make you look unprofessional whereas men can come in like scruffy beard scruffy hair no makeup no accessories no quotation marks element of class and it's fine it's still smart casual but women do it and it's like not really smart casual you're kind of you know you're going too far on the casual side there uh you're, t- you're kind of ripping the piss here and you need to have an element of professionalism and classiness like really <laughs> Do we honestly still need women to do these things and perform in this way in order for them to take be taken seriously in corporate and professional and business environments? Are we not over that by now? Clearly not, actually, because I did a lot of research in this when I was writing about it for something in uni. I can't even remember what it was anymore. But yeah, it was a topic I got quite into and how women have to basically portray a certain image just to be taken seriously in a space that years ago was dominated by males. Oh, here's one that is more so, like, internalised misogyny amongst women. And that is this very well-known phrase, I'm not like the other girls. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, what are you implying? What's wrong with other girls? It's just like one of those things that's made to kind of pit women against each other and make you think that all women are I don't know what a certain kind of way that isn't desirable or it's just giving pick me really isn't it and I feel like pick me is just another type of woman who hates other women and tries to like make everything a competition and make them seem better than other women and do the whole I'm not like other girls kind of thing Okay, this next one is about the language we use. And we all kind of use this quite like passively, I guess, without thinking where these things stem from, which often happens a lot with language. Like it just becomes so normalized that you don't think about the roots of it. So for example, the word bitch, the word pussy, they're both words that are used in quite like derogatory ways and negative ways you know if you call someone a bitch it's a bad thing if you call someone a pussy it's a bad thing these are all stemming from being a girl essentially like what's so wrong with being a girl that we have to make it a derogatory term also little things we do within our language like when we say oh he runs like a girl oh another big one is slut shaming that is a misogynistic thing like think of all the times you've heard of men and women slut shame women and then compare that to how many times you've heard people slut shame men I you rarely hear people slut shame men if anything you hear people like begging them up for it you hear people congratulating them for it and shaking their hand and calling them a legend or a lad but yet the girl equivalents are getting slut shamed maybe they're losing friends over the fact that maybe they've slept with too many people that's deemed appropriate or kiss too many people that is seemingly appropriate and their girlfriends or guy friends have gone against them because of it or started bullying them. Do you see the difference there? Like that one is crazy. Oh my god this one hurts me a lot as well. Okay so blaming girls for sending nudes and not boys for sharing them. This one is so apparent when you are young and in school. I remember getting this talk from the teachers. They kind of like, I don't know if something happened where someone's nudes ended up getting sent around and there was a big thing about it. And I think we all kind of got called into like the school hall and had like a talk from one of the teachers for like our two year groups. And they were basically just being like, do not send pictures of yourself, like do not send nudes, just like this whole thing of if you send nudes, this is what's going to happen. They're going to get leaked. It's going to ruin your career. It's going to ruin your life. And it's like, hold on a second. Who is sending, like, who is leaking these pictures? Who is being sent them in a trusting way to not then send them on to other people? Who is the bad person here in this situation? But yet not once in that talk did the boys get told to not send them around. Not once did the teacher think to say, oh, and you know, if you do get sent one, you shouldn't send it on. No, it was all against the girls ever sending them in the first place and basically saying, if you do send them, you're a fucking idiot and you're going to ruin your life. But it's never the man's fault in this world. That's what we have learned time and time again from pretty much every one of these examples. (laughs) Another very misogynistic term, I actually spoke about this in the episode that I talked about uh, aging. I can't remember the name of the episode, but I talked about how like the differences on like men versus women aging. And there's that phrase, men age like a fine wine. Is there a second part to that phrase? Like, does it follow on to say what women age like? Wait, let me look it up. Oh, okay. There is. It's actually probably worse than what I thought it was going to be. Amazing. (laughs) Men age like wine. Women age like milk, apparently. sour milk. The curdles. I don't even need to elaborate on that one. I mean, it's really just speaking for itself. The misogyny is misogyny (laughs) In that phrase. Oh, here's a good one. Never being taught about female pleasure. Why still to this day do some men... Not have a fucking clue about female pleasure, I would love to know. This is one of those ones that is kind of started by a misogynistic society, right? So, the misogynistic patriarchy doesn't teach males from a young age about female pleasure and doesn't teach females about female pleasure. So, like, we don't even know about our own pleasure and no one teaches us. We have to discover it for ourselves at a way, way later age than males, to the point that we think sex is literally solely for men and we're kind of, like, taught that. But then it's kind of further perpetuated by individual misogynistic men because they know they actually no longer care about female pleasure. Like, first of all, they haven't been taught it in terms of, like, in a structural way in school, as a society, whatever, through whoever you wanted to be, that they would get taught it. They don't get taught it. But then it gets to a point where... They could learn it, but the misogyny in them doesn't care about female pleasure. They only care about themselves in these situations while they're having sex. It's about them. And so the cycle continues. Next one I actually kind of briefly spoke about at the start when I was talking about men being the default, and that is everything being male by default. So a really good example of this was, or is currently, masks like the masks you have to use uh, in hospitals and for covid and everything so i really realized this i was basically i've talked about this before but i was working as a mask testing person in the hospitals over covid such a random job i know don't ask me how i got it but basically i would kind of like work on the machines that so you put a mask on a healthcare worker it would hook up to this machine you had to get them to do different exercises read the numbers that were coming up on the screen and basically you were testing to make sure there was a proper seal in place around their face and that there was no air getting in. It became so apparent so quickly. I mean, you know, you get told anyway that all these things are tested on males anyway, so you know, but it became so apparent very quickly how much this was affecting females in their workplace and from being able to carry out their work whilst being protected to the same level as men none of the masks were fitting their faces, especially females that had particularly small faces and small features and, you know, just smaller jawlines, smaller noses, all of that. You could not get a mask to fit them. You could not get a seal to fit them. You'd go through all the different styles. Maybe eventually you'd get one, but even then it still wasn't fitting well in comparison to what just like a regular mask fitted a man. And like, that's something that's so important, do you know what I mean? Like, that is our healthcare workers working at the time, like, on the front line, as we called it, and yet they're not even, like, provided with safe PPE. And I remember hearing a story about how it was the same with the gowns, and they were always way too big and way too long because they were uh, made by default for meals. And this is just, like, one small example within the medical field, but, you know, if you look at pretty much anything we do like cars they're built to be designed for males what else I everything we know honestly guys literally everything you use on a daily basis is pretty much has been designed by default for males so and as a result that means that their life is easier because everything is made to fit to them do you know what I mean? So that everything is just like more convenient basically to them. I actually remember reading recently something about how like the, you know, the thing that happens when you crash in a car, what's that called? That like balloon thing that pops I can't remember the name of it, but apparently that is like designed for men to the point that like it actually wouldn't even protect women as much. Like, women fatalities in car accidents is so much higher as a result of this. So yeah, as I said, you know, in pretty much every area of our lives, you can see this. Okay, I'm going to make this next one the last one because I actually need to go to bed. (laughs) The last one is women's health being very... I've written underlooked. I don't think that's the right term. Overlooked, is it not? Women's health being... Overlooked with less research and less funding, etc. There are so many illnesses. Is illnesses the right? Yeah. Illnesses and diagnoses amongst women that are just severely, severely forgotten about, not researched as much, not given as much funding, not seen as important, just kind of put down in the list we've seen with endometriosis how long it takes for people to get diagnosed with it, how many trips it takes to go to the doctors and to get told time and time again, this is normal, it's just your period. Or have you tried taking ibuprofen? Yeah, funnily enough, I have. No, sorry, I haven't, I don't even have endometriosis, but I've got friends who kind of think they do. Um, And just like so many women's health things that or kind of looked. A lot of the time, women's pain isn't really taken as seriously. This is like an actual thing, by the way, I'm not just making this up being like, I don't think women's pain is taken seriously. This is actually a legit uh, issue that we have where women's pain isn't taken as seriously for some reason. I think because of the internalized misogyny that like, ev- well, everyone but doctors in this case have, then when women come to the doctor about things they think oh she's fine like she's just she's just worrying or she's just anxious or she's maybe actually she's depressed or maybe she's just this or just that apparently the amount of women that go in for something completely irrelevant and come out with a anxiety related drug or A, what was the other thing? I can't remember. Basically, doctors always think that women are just worrying. That's like the stereotype. Whereas a man goes in and explains a problem and they listen to everything they say and they take on board everything they say and they believe them and they are like, oh wow, okay, it must be really sore for you. (laughs) Which they should do to every human. And sorry, that's not me hating on doctors whatsoever. This is just, it's just everyone, guys. It's everyone, it's the world we live in. Up until not that long ago, all medical testing, all medical trials were done on men. It was just crazy because you would not get away with that today. And I remember, what was the reasoning for it? Wait, the reasoning was really funny. I actually can't remember what it was anymore. I listened to a podcast though where they were talking about the whole gender health gap thing. And yeah, basically, for so long, all trials, all research, all case studies, all analysis, like everything was done on males. And Lots of diseases present differently in males than they do females because we are different, we do have different hormones, we do have different bodies and as a result of this, things present themselves differently but we always, stereo sorry not stereotypically, we always kind of by default think of the things that are associated as presenting themselves in men and as a result of this, often things get missed in women, because they're not seen as like the common side effects, if that makes sense. Like for example, I don't even know if this is one of the things that presents differently, but I'm just going to use this as an example. So please, do not take my word for it. But let's take like a heart attack. Okay, maybe the things we really commonly associate with people of having a heart attack with, and um, that will be how. That'll be the most common ones in men but actually they could be entirely different in women and as a result, we very often miss women having heart attacks or we'll only find out way later or maybe even when it's too late because all the studies being done on men and on all the symptoms we think of are the ones we associate with men, do you know what I mean? But as I said, please don't take that example as gospel because I could be completely wrong. That could be a disease that presents exactly the same in both sexes. But yeah, you get me. There's a huge gender health gap. If you don't believe me, you just need to Google it, babes, because it's a real thing. I actually really want to read this book that dives into this type of thing a lot. It's called Invisible Women. I've actually bought it. I just haven't got around to reading it yet. I'm going to read out the back of it because I was going to try and explain what it's about. But I guess because I haven't read it, I wouldn't be able to do that. But this is what it says in the back. Imagine a world where your phone is too big for your hand, your doctor prescribes a drug that is wrong for your body. In a car accident, you're 47% more likely to be seriously injured. If any of this sounds familiar, chances are that you're a woman. From government policy and medical research to technology, workplaces and the media, Invisible Women reveals how in a world largely built for and by men, we are systematically ignoring half of the population, often with disastrous consequences. The author brings together for the first time an impressive range of case studies, stories and new research from across the world that illustrate the hidden ways in which women are forgotten and the profound impact this has on us all. I've heard it's incredible and I've heard it's very insightful and eye-opening but it's also one of those ones that makes you extremely angry at the world. I think I am ready for it, you know what? I think, yeah, I think I've got to a point now where I will be ready for it but I went through a big phase there where I couldn't read anything like that I think was it after I read girls will be girls last summer and I was like I'm not doing that to myself again because it makes me despise everyone <laughs> for a while and be so angry at the world and like to the you're so angry as well that you can't do anything about it and then you get angry at all the meals in your life and uh, I don't know it was just too much so no sorry it wasn't too much in that It wasn't worth the read or anything. I loved Girls Will Be Girls. It was incredible. But like, I needed to step away from feminist literature after that. (laughs) But yeah, I think actually my next read will be Invisible Women. It does sound very interesting. Who knows, maybe I'll even do a full episode talking about the data bias. But anyway, I'm going to leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your Instagram story. As always, thank you all so much for the continued love and support and for all your kind birthday messages. It honestly means the world to me. You guys are the best. Keep being And I'll speak to you next week. Bye.